to die, to be really dead, that must be glorious. Why, Count Dracula? There are far worse things waiting man than death. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love fucking you guys, dude. Yo. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Spring is here. Skeleton Crew returns for show number 128, and this is a special one, guys. Let's start off the new season right with C.J. Graham. Jason lives himself. He's going to be calling in. We're going to have a great time with the first zombie Jason Voorhees ever. I'm Alex. I am joined, as always, by Jamie Sammons. What's up, Jamie? Hello. I am... I, I don't know. I feel like every time I go, I'm so happy to be here. Um, but uh, but I am, so I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, if you want to switch it up, you could start saying, are we still doing this? <laughs> no, <laughs> I would never say that. I would, <laughs> I'll say, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. We're back. Alex says we're back every <laughs> single show. We're back. It's funny, when Matt made our 100th show intro... He he tried to make a montage of like all of our shows somehow, and the only way he could think of doing it, you know, audi- uh, audibly, is to just have a lot of our intros. And on every single one, I'm like, "Hey, we're back! <laughs> it's the Skeleton Crew Show 76." And then, uh, here we are, show 36. We're back! We're back! We're back! And I'm like, "God, do I say that every single week?" I know what I meant to say when you introduced me today. I meant to say, I, 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 I like it. <laughs> I, 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 I like it. It's funny. I never really discussed that. Wait, real quick. Well, Dan Chase is also here. What's up, buddy? What's up, brother? I want to know what you're talking about now. C- continue, please. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. I never discussed this with Jamie, but mm. we there was some review we did. I don't know. And Jamie was... I guess looking for words or something. So she just went, I, 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 I like it. And <laughs> for some reason that just stuck out to me. And I was like, huh? And I went back, re- rewound it. And then she, it was just, I, 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 I like it. And I don't know <laughs> why, but for some reason I really liked that for some reason. And I really never discussed this with Jamie. I just <laughs> eventually put it on the show somehow or just, yeah, it's just been popping up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I started uh, taking that drop, and I put it, whenever I asked her about something, that the answer was a positive one, I would just slip that in there before she said what she says. <laughs> so it, it's oh, it's always her going, I, 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 I like it. <laughs> and then, then I went really crazy. I think it was the Nightmare on Elm Street New Nightmare, maybe, review. 
mm-hmm. where I just seemed to put that in there like three or four times. Like, I don't know why. I was just like, I don't know what kick I was on or whatever. <laughs> so then when we started, when Matt started making our intros for us and it was all official and stuff, you know, you always want to put like a drop of something that the person says in there. Like, obviously with you, Dan, it's I love f- fucking you guys. <laughs> Dude, yo. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, asshole. And those are the three that are on that intro, right? The ones that we literally just said. Yeah, that's our intro. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so, and I, I love it. I mean, it's just, uh, to me, it's just so funny. Like, I don't know. It's just, it just cheers you up. Like, once you hear it, it's like you just smile and say, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Jamie, yours, yours reminds me of the uh, the old Stitches review. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, which came up. I don't think Alex saw that conversation because uh, I was talking about the, the movie From the Dark, which is an Irish horror film that we watched the other night. And um, it <laughs> and it's from the same guy. It's from the same guy who made Stitches. And so, oh, is it? yeah. So Dan jumps on the conversation in the, <laughs> online and he's like, so tell me, Jamie, is it what does it look like? <laughs> And I said, well, it's funny you should ask, Dan, because it has some really beautiful shots. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Dan is amazing. He knows these things. This guy knows directors and writers. Like, he'll know, oh, yeah, this guy did this, this, and that. I wish I was like you guys like that, man. But you know what, though, man? It's funny that you said that, Alice, because, like, even when you were talking about past shows and, and you know, like, our one-liners, drops, whatever, um, I remember so much, dude, but there's so many times, man, where, like, somebody would be like, hey, man, I'm going through this show, whatever. Remember when you said this? And I'm like, nah. Not at all. <laughs> like, not even yeah. close. I just hope, you know what I always dread and I always hope, though? Whenever people mention that to me, I just hope I still agree with whatever I said back then. That's what right? I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. Uh, Ed, dude, honestly, I don't even care anymore. I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I feel the complete opposite from that. <laughs> like, I don't even care anymore. But a lot of the times, like, right. yeah, I've uh, I've definitely changed my opinion over the years. But me whatever. Too. It's whatever. Fuck. I say all the time that listeners know more about this, the shows that I'm on than I do. Like they, they'll just, they'll come out with some stuff that I said like six years ago and I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't remember that at all, but yay. But I love it though. I, I love that. I love that, that they're so invested that they know stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Thank God someone cares about this. You know, we haven't been wasting our time, but here's the thing. You know, the old saying is, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. That anything they repeat back to us, we would be right in tune with it because it was the truth. And even then, still, it doesn't... And here's the thing, truths change. Like, I have, like, when we were doing our 100th show, it's funny we keep talking about that all of a sudden, but... Which nobody else seemed to talk about. You know, that was, like, the biggest production of my life. That took two months to do. Really? And, oh, oh, dude. We had best of clips from every single show. It was me, uh, Christ Graber, Matt. We went and listened to every single Skeleton Crew ever from 1 to like 95 in the span of a month. And then time stamped all these best lines or, or segments to put in this big 100 show. Because it was like a best of, sort of. Yeah. So when I was do- when I was doing that, oh yeah, well the point of that is is that nobody really mentioned anything about that production. It was eight and a half hours <laughs> long, and so little was said about it. 
that I wonder if people really sat through the whole thing, and that would be devastating to find out that even the regulars didn't because so much went into that. And as we kept dropping the clips, we had real new stuff in between with all, you know, five of us sitting there talking. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it would be devastating if people skipped over that. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, as we were doing that, I'm listening to these old shows, and I'm like, wow, why am I such an asshole? And I'm like, why do I say such stupid things? That is not true. Why was I so hard on this? Why was I so hard on that? Then I'm thinking to myself, man, I must have really tried to have strong opinions. About one thing or the other? Right. Yeah, like, what? whatever I thought, <clears throat> I guess I felt that when people are listening to do a radio talk show that you should really have a strong opinion because nobody likes middle of the road kind of people. Mm -hmm. So whatever you feel, go with it and go strong with it. And you'll have something worth listening to. So I must've felt that way with things. And man, I went way too strong on stuff that I really should have backed off on. And I'm like, what was I thinking? So that's stuff I hate. Well, I I totally agree with that too, man. But one thing I've noticed too is like, I'll watch like a bunch of shitty movies, dude. Like I'll forget that I even see them. And like, I'll kind of forget about that because like, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to mention them on the show. (laughs) Like I don't want (laughs) to talk about those movies because they're shit. I almost feel like we should as like a, as like a cautionary tale, as like a deterrent, you know, to tell people like, hey, stay away from these movies. Wait, we should. Yeah, absolutely. But but I'm just saying, like, I feel like, oh, like when we talk about stuff and when we pick these, you know, certain movies or whatever, they're all good movies and they're all chosen because they're good or because, you know, either 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 a lot of people talking about them or generally speaking, people think they're good. And the same thing goes with like a lot of movies, like like you just said, though, like with a lot of movies where kind of falls by the wayside. So I'm guilty of that, too, where I'll just watch movies and like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, those are shitty movies. And we should we should probably talk about those, too. So, yeah. I don't remember half the shit I watch. Like, somebody will bring up a movie and Brian will go, oh, that was crap. I'm like, oh, did we watch that? And he's like, yeah, don't you remember? That's the one with blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally (laughs) forgot. I mean, it happens all the time, which is so random because he has the worst memory. Like, he can say something and then two seconds later will not remember a word that came out of his mouth. I mean, that's ex- that's extreme, but he has a really... So he has long-term memory. I'm a, well, yeah. Um, I'm always making marijuana of, memory. I'm always making fun of him because, you know, of his memory in that respect. But when it comes to movies, mm. we can watch something at the same time. And then we'll go to talk about our evil episodes. I won't remember Dick. Right. So I make him go first. <laughs> Ah. And then um, he and then he starts talking about it. And suddenly I start remembering things. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, how do you remember these minute (laughs) fucking details about this? I mean, Dan, you listen to evil episodes. You probably have heard a lot of examples of that and maybe didn't even realize it. But like he's he's talking a lot of times the way the reason I make him talk about stuff is because I don't remember shit until he starts talking about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and Jamie, not only that, too, you know, it's funny about that. Like when I ever, you know, do like a side podcast or whatever, say with like Gary or something. And you do this, too, where it's like, did I talk about this yet? And which show was it? Anyways, let me just tell you, I might have talked about it somewhere else, but I'm going to talk about it again here. There's a lot of that talk. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Just... I can never remember where I talked about where ever. 
exactly like one of the one of these movies that we're going to talk about um you've talked about before on one of your one of your episodes and stuff like that but and it's like wait yeah i know i've talked about this but i forget with who and i forget where wait what show are we on is this is this cinema beef is this what is this so <laughs> there are some movies i'd really like to talk about here and i think i did it on cut to the chase i think i told you like uh Yep. I remember one of them was uh, that real famous thing you always hear about. A tourist trap. That's it. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know how you always hear about that? Always. And then it might you might be the one guy who never watched it. Well, that was me. Yeah. So I always wanted to talk about that. And I did it on Cut to the Chase. And I talked about a bunch of stuff. And I, it's hard for me to keep track of what I do. But yeah. uh, But we're going to get into a lot of things on this show, guys. Uh, we're going to come back in a minute. What happened? What took place? Me and Jerry Vitetta went to Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. That's a big horror convention. A lot went down and a lot of things that pertain to this show. So we'll get into that right after this. Yeah. This is Kane Roberts, and you better be careful because you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Rock on. All right, guys. uh, It's time to talk about Monster Mania. So a lot of things happen, and they pertain to this show. Now, let me just tell you how this started. This is no joke. Jerry Vitetta, he's a listener of the show. He was on our show already back a long time ago. I think he was a guest in 2013 on the show. He's the guy who likes that weird stuff, like toe tag, toe tag pictures, that's right. where yep. the baby's heads get smashed in and cribs and stuff. <laughs> Jerry, what a guy. He had, Do you know he has skeleton crew tattoos? He has a skeleton crew tattoo on his finger. Oh, wow. I remember that. Yeah, That's right, that was, a, yeah, that was a while ago. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's like two people now who have skeleton crew tattoos. Two or three, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't even know a skeleton crew tattoo. Do you guys? No, but I should get one. I, I, that, I, if hey, listen, I'm, I'm like one of those people that I can never commit to a tattoo. But if I were to, that, that would definitely be, uh, be in the running, top billing. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Dan. I can't commit. And the other thing is, I realized with my whole showcase room I got in my house, all my horror stuff, I realized that uh, if I get a tattoo, I will have thirty tattoos <laughs> yeah, by the end of the year. <laughs> It, it would be one connecting tattoo from your head to your toe. Well, I gotta get. I like this too. Oh, but I like this too. But I like this. But I like this. And then you can get a tattoo of a uh, of a tag on your toe, and and uh, for, yeah. for Jerry, kind of get him back and toe tag. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, I can pay him back. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I might hate toe tag movies. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so check this out. He's in this hotel. He got a room with this girl, and I'm meeting up with them on Friday. 
sleeping at the hotel, Saturday waking up, Tiffany's coming over, my wife, later that day, Saturday, then we sleep there again, and then Sunday we'll be there again, okay? So, I get there, they're already in the room. I get to the lobby, I go to the elevator, Get. Uh, I'd say one floor up, uh, we're on floor 13, by the way. Oh, no. Isn't that weird? But they name it 14. You know how they're afraid to call it 13? Yeah. Yeah, so there's only there's only 13 and then, like, uh, one that's unnamed, and that's where all the staff goes. By, like, one or two flights up from the lobby, it opens up. Guess who gets on the elevator? Don't tell me. Go ahead. Kane Hodder. Come on. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he gets up. It becomes crowded already. Right. So then someone makes a joke about how crowded it is. So he goes right up in front of me and looks down right at me, like chest to chest. And then I'm, a- I'm playing along and I'm making like the goofy, I'm afraid face, like this guy's going to kill me or something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I forgot, you know, I said something. He goes, what? What do you blah, blah, blah for? And I was like, because you've killed about 87 people. <laughs> you didn't say that, really? Yeah, I did. So, so, uh, and I said, and you're Jason? <laughs> Mr. Crowley? Yeah, you're Mr. Crowley. And you, you rip people's heads open. <laughs> that scene's so awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I know, that's the best. That's the, if, if Hatchet is not worth anything to anybody, it gave us that one kill in this world. With that sound and then the fucking skin, like, literally just, like, ripping oh, I do apart. love that scene. That That is the Dope. best kill. It's so fucking good. Dope. Yeah, if you guys, you know, a lot of people don't listen to every show we did, but if you guys like Hatchet, we did a Hatchet retro- retrospective. Fuck off! <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> Daniel Harris was very upset at Jamie that last show. She kept telling her to fuck off. Because <laughs> Jamie kept tearing everything apart. And by the way, I want to talk, oh, later on, wait till we get, I, I am so in love with a Scream Queen, that a current modern day Scream Queen, and I'm going to say that she is topping all of them. From the 80s, in my opinion, but we'll get Really? To I know who it is. I have an idea. Absolutely. I have an idea. Oh, okay. Well, let's hurry oh. up and get through the show. I want to get to that. Oh, no, no, no. You're going to love this part, too, though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing to rush through here. <laughs> All the people get off the elevator as we're going up, and it's just me and him now on the elevator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got my Friday 2 shirt on that you see in the pictures of that weekend. <laughs> and then he, he, he like opens my jacket a little and he goes he goes, Steve Dash is here? And I go Oh <laughs> I go, No, I just this is my favorite one. And he goes, Oh, okay. And I was like, Hey man, but I'm I'm like the biggest supporter of, of Manhattan and he goes, Yeah, cool. I go, Yeah man, I'm like one of the only people who defend that movie but he goes he goes I don't. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. And I go. Neither do I, man. It's it's some fun shit, dude. It's like that's like the fun '80s. Like t- you know how you. Know, I found a great analogy for Jason Takes Manhattan. A nap. Ooh. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know how uh, there are really good movies in a franchise. For example, Friday one through four, and then you have. The typical 80s, over-the-top fun movie. It's the only place they all went, yeah. Yeah. Well, the best way I could describe Jason Takes Manhattan within that franchise is 
Rocky Four. I just watched that yesterday. Oh man, Manhattan wishes it was Rocky Four. Oh. All it needs is some is a few more music montages, <laughs> and, and you know some actual fun. That would. That would yeah, now Rocky Four has like four <laughs> montages. I love that movie. Oh, holy shit, that movie is fun. But you know how it's so not at all like Rocky One or Two. Oh yeah, nothing yeah. like it. For sure. I mean, it's it's like Rambo Three versus First Blood. You know, I mean, Rambo Three is like, I mean, it's I mean, it's fucking insane. It's like a parody of itself. <laughs> you know, and um, I mean, like look at Stallone in Rambo, like well, part three, and then look at him in First Blood. Those don't even look like the same two characters. I mean, it's or it's just it's fucking insane and rocky four is exactly that to rocky i just don't see how manhattan fits into that i mean i don't i don't get it i mean i don't see the connection because is, is rocky four i, I really do, i mean i on and i'm not i know i bust your balls a lot about it and everything and, and a lot of that i'm joking around but i seriously when i watch that movie it's not fun like i don't it it's so boring to me i don't wow. i don't get it. i think part six fits that a little more than part seven i mean than part eight maybe even no part seven bores me too actually jason x i think would would fit that more and that wasn't even in the 80s yeah right it's too (laughs) far removed you know Mm -hmm. but anyway so uh yeah i don't want to make this too much about we've been doing a lot of friday i was just gonna say we did it again dude another show but the thing is i can't help it this time that i i was hanging out with jason i can't help it totally no no you're forgiven you're forgiven yeah, I mean, what do you want me to do? Sorry, I said, okay, want to make this like a hatchet thing? Okay. Uh, so I, I told him you're Victor Crowley. Yeah, right, exactly. Dude, I accepted it a long time ago. It's just going to happen, so. Right. Yeah. No, so so hatchet is it? No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, so check this out. Um, an amazing thing happened. So apparently Jerry Vitetta and his chick, Maribel, are, have seen Kane Hodder so many times. That he knows them. Take out a secret handshake. Like, I have in my life... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in my life, I've seen Kane Hodder over ten times. on You know, ten separate occasions. Mm-hmm. But, this was my thinking. I already got his autograph. I already got a picture with him in, like, 2004 or whatever. So, I don't really need to go up to him again. And I felt that if I did, I'd be stuck getting charged but mm-hmm. i told the story about the one time my friend went to meet him and i stood next I, w- I went with him and then that's when i insulted kane hodder and i said you got choked out <laughs> i got choked for real yeah and um and you know because he said something about the remake of friday the 13th and i he said that something about him being jason in that one yeah so i all i said was you really think you should have been jason in the remake that that was really all i said right right Meaning that it's it's a whole new ball of wax. Like, why would they have you in there? Well, well hey, let me ask you a question real quick. Do you think that? Because first of all, like he deals with that shit all day. You know, people coming up to him, talking to him about different. So, like, when he opened up your jacket there to, to see your shirt for part two or whatever, like, do you think he's got that fucking persona on all day, just kind of busting balls? Like, oh yeah, is that person here? Like, because clearly he was being sarcastic when he said that to you. Just kind of. Honestly, I think he was really asking me. Really? I said, yeah, I he was like, is, he's like, Dash is here? Right. And I went, no, no. 
Like, he wasn't saying it like... Sarcastically. You like, should be wearing my shirt. Oh, know? okay. I was going to say... But if I was Kane Hodder, though, at the same time, dude, that's... Oh, I would. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to have to put that up because, like, there's going to be so many people coming up to you doing shit like that. Like, like it's doing similar things and like that. And you got to have that wit about you. It's just like, what? It ain't about me? Like, kind of like yeah, re- right. wrestler fucking type status shit. Like, you know, yeah. you know, he's a great guy, dude. I mean, we've all seen, you know, like uh, behind the scenes with Kane Hodder. He's a, he's a re- oh, he is a great guy, man. So I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm making your, your story even longer. Your good story just made shitty. Go ahead. I know. It's, it, I'm going to try to get out of this without being another 20 minutes, but okay. <laughs> so they seem all the time. So I've now run into Kane about three separate occasions during this weekend. Now, on the, on the last occasion, I decided, you know, I really do like this guy. I said, you know, on the show, everywhere I go, I've downplayed Kane Hodder. And I said, I don't really care about him. I'm more into the the human Jasons, but I gotta say that I've always praised him and how he looked in Part 7, although it's not one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I've always loved Part 8, so how could I not care about this guy who is in, like, one of my favorite movies ever? Like, why am I downplaying that? And then I'm so happy that he's so into it and he's so, so committed right. and passionate. So... Just all of that, it really occurred to me, wow, I've been denying my real thoughts about Kane Hodder. I've treated him like some second-class citizen, not in any real way, but I've just not given him any attention. And I never really give him any praise. He, he's the franchise's number one cheerleader, dude. Right, and he's even in the goddamn video game guy. Dude, dude. Exa- I mean, exactly. Yeah, like, what am I doing by treating him like, like, like ignoring him? Like, I, I just can't even believe that I did this. So I said, you know what? <clears throat> I want something to represent him and my favorite movie. I looked everywhere in this place for a Jason 8 mask, which, oddly enough, I ended up buying a week after the convention. So I'm pissed about that. Yellow tintish, right? Yeah, yeah, that yellowish looking. I love that look. I, it looks amazing. Yeah. It's like he's just literally just, like, got dragged through the sewers, like. And I'm not using that <laughs> I know, as a it reference. Is perfect. Yeah, but but I'm not even saying that because it doesn't make any sense. But I'm just saying, like, it just looks like he was just like literally like uh, drowning in a sewer for fucking for a few years before this movie started. Yeah, and the yellow algae is just all over. It. That's what it could be. Yeah, for the lake. Yeah. So I bought a Jason that I Heart New York poster. Hmm. It was five bucks. It was an eleven by seventeen. I so we get to his line. I'm at the end of the line. The line is about 30 minutes long. This guy comes up to us, and he goes, are you guys at the end of the line? And we're like, yeah. He goes, here, I got this. It's a VIP pass. What? You bring it to the person at the front, they'll send you right to the front of the line. What? I'm like, are you serious? They give me the pass. I go, bring it to the person. They bring me right up, me, Jerry, my wife, his girl, right up to Kane. And then he knows that the VIP person's next. He turns around and goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> to, to, to me. And then he looks and he sees Jerry. He goes, oh, hey, guys. Oh, no. Listen that. <laughs> so, so check this out. I did something twice now. This is unbelievable. <laughs> the VIP pass, all it gets you is the cut of the line. That is it. You still you know, pay everything. Right. right. I go. I say to him, listen. 
Part 8 is the first movie I saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want some kind of reference to that when you write on here. I was like, so what do you think? And I was thinking your first Friday in theaters, the first and only guy who choked the shit out of you or something. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> he goes, oh my God, that's so cruel. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, I got one. And he writes, your first Friday, your best choke. Kane Hodder, Jason. So he signs that, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking. I say, thanks, lad. You know, I give him the handshake hug. He takes a picture. Uh, Jerry starts talking about his tooth surgery he's having with Kane, this and that. So we go, all right, man, well, thanks, uh, you know, this and that. And we walk away. I said to them, I go, holy shit. They go, what? I go, I never paid him. <gasps> oh, no. I just got the autograph and walked away. <laughs> you assholes just walked up like your old friends giving high fives and shit. <laughs> Everybody else has got their 20s out. Alex is just like, yeah, motherfucker. Hey, sign this too. <laughs> hey, do a drop for my show real quick, bro. <laughs> so wait a minute. Do you guys, let's see how much you guys know the Skeleton Crew. Do you know the other Jason I've done this to? It was part three and it's sad because he's dead. Right. Right. I, I sort of ripped off the guy who died. Richard Brooker. Richard Brooker, right, 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 right. Yeah, we. I met him. He was great. He was really nice to talk to. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I end up talking to these people, and I get distracted by that, and I forget to pay them. I wonder how many times <laughs> that happens to them during uh, throughout uh, a day, you know? Yeah. Dude, that must be a nightmare for their handlers, too, trying to, like, fucking always press people for money. It's, like, got to be so, like, headache-inducing. Well, they just sit there and go, That's, uh, that'll be 40? You know, they do that all the time. And here's and here's what Jerry said. He goes, it ain't your fault, man. They're, their guys dropped the ball. They're at the table. They're looking at you. They should have said something. No, they probably just all saw Jerry and they're like, oh, they're fucking old buddies. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. I know it is. And you know the most ironic thing out of the whole thing with Kane Hodder not paying? When I did go and see Jason Takes Manhattan in the movie theater in 1989... We didn't pay for that either. We snuck in after watching Batman, I think. My dad just walked us over to that where that was, and it was just on. So we just walked in almost, I think, it, when it started. So I didn't pay for watching his movie or have him writing about it on a poster and autographing it. <laughs> Sir, you are an asshole. Uh, the other Jason, who's a zombie, uh, C.J. Graham, Yes. He did this amazing thing that these guys are doing now. They're getting in full Jason costume and doing photo ops. Mm. So Jerry and I, and I ripped him off too by accident. This is not my fault. <laughs> Jerry and I, it was like $88 plus this, plus that, plus this. So let's just say it was 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. No, no, you know what? I remember I gave him 45 So it was 88 plus um, I paid an additional $15 to get a a digital copy of this picture we took because they print you out at 8x10 right there. Instead of you taking the pictures, which is actually kind of a good idea, man. Dude, it's professional. Right, right. It couldn't look better. Right, right. So we do this thing, ready? But here's what we do. We say we don't want to pay 88 bucks each. We want to just, like, it's way too much money to do this. But I love C.J. Graham. I think he's a great guy. And I said, I will regret this forever. That And plus, you know, it's sort of funny how we, like, 
it's funny his outfit in Jason Six with the utility belt and the yellow glove. The glove. So I said, how funny would it be if I, had, you know, it's just it's just a great thing to do all around. I said, well, how can we get around paying this much? And he finds out, Jerry finds out that more than one person could be there when you take the picture. It could be like, you know, a group picture. Oh, wow. So I said, put it. You go on one side of them, I'll go on the other side, and we pay $45 each. He goes, perfect. Now we cut the price in half. I go, great. Dude. And this is not a knock against anybody. I understand how this works. It was literally like in and out in a second. I lit like you literally walk over to where he is after sitting in a room, walk right up to him. You look at the camera, take it, and you leave. Did he say anything, by the way? Because he's in costume. Could he really like talk like uh, fluidly? You fluidly? didn't have a chance to talk. Really? Oh, okay. So it wasn't even about that. Okay, yeah. It was thirty seconds is too many seconds for <laughs> walking up and walking away. I'm not wow. kidding. That's how many people were doing. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. They were in such a rush, they just pulled Jerry up there and took the picture. And I'm like, um, uh, he's already getting pushed away, and they pull me up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. He grabs my shirt like he's going to kill me. I look at the camera and laugh. I have the goofiest looking like laugh, smile thing going on. I love that picture. Yeah, it turned out to be a fun picture, though. Then I am... Okay, thank you. You know, some other guy says, okay, thank you. And I walk away. And I look at Jerry and I go, dude, do you realize that we were supposed to, we were supposed to take one picture together? Mm -hmm. And he goes, I know. I go, well, what does this mean? He goes, I don't know. So (laughs) we walk around this whole table, get to this thing. They print out both of our pictures individually and I give them this thing for the digital thing. They give me a thing for a password to get it. Okay. And they say, okay, thanks. And I'm like, we didn't even buy two pictures. We bought one. And both got each one individually. So I paid half the price everybody else paid for this. No shit, man. Hey, I, I want to... That's that's crazy, first of all, dude. Hey, second of all, too. My, I told you this, too. <clears throat> I think briefly, Alex, where I, I saw that picture and I was like... Huh. Like, that's, I mean, not that that is weird, but I was like, that's weird. I was like, why is it a red background? Okay, maybe like blood or something like that. But you're talking about the professional setting. So that was, was that um, digital copy? Was that the one where they where they put the woods in the back? I, okay, here's what happened. There's a, there's a whole red backdrop that I've seen before because I think they use it all the time because I've seen other people take pictures of Freddy Krueger. Right. Same thing. Yeah. And that red background's there, yeah. That was the last time he was in makeup, correct, I believe, wasn't it, too? Uh, supposedly, but Jamie, isn't he supposed to be in makeup again for something else he's doing, Freddy Krueger? I believe, I no. Know. I did hear recently that he was going to be donning the makeup again, but I don't remember what it was about. I do know, however, that I'm going to be going to conventions with you from now on. <laughs> I know, <laughs> what the hell? Exactly, dude. Jamie, I'm telling you. Let's bring Jerry, too. Yeah, he's a good luck charm, I think, too. Right. So this, so this just gets better and better, guys. This is like a, the perfect weekend for a horror fan who's not on drugs. Because I got to have euphoria the whole time. Don't don't tell me you ran into Tierston again and fucking got drunk. Because then I'll just... <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so check this out. Now, so I get this thing. And what you're referring to, Dan, with the woods... 
I took the digital thing that I paid for, went and downloaded it, and then took a program, cropped me and CJ Graham in costume out, and I, I went and found from blue-ray.com a screen cap of Jason Lives where it's just the woods and that nerdy guy who breaks the branch off and then puts it back on. I remember, yep. Yeah, he's there, but I was able to put me and CJ over him, so all you see now is the woods and us. So that wasn't then that was you that did that? Yeah. What? So check this out. Oh. CJ Graham sees that I did this, loves it so <laughs> loves it so much that his wife contacts me and asks me if she could use that as the example to advertise that he's doing these photo ops. Dope, dude. That's so fucking fat. Could you imagine this? That's great. All this happening, just because you went and did something, all this comes of it. And this isn't even the tip of the iceberg. That's why I'm trying to get through this really fast. No, but leave it to Alex to edit it. Just like he does the show, he puts the edit on it, and then fucking Jason himself is like, I like it. Yeah, Jason himself <laughs> likes my edit of me and him. I'll be honest with you, dude. I thought that was that back background was that was there doing because that looks professional as fuck. To be honest with you, Dang. good job, man. I didn't, dude. You didn't. Tell, did you tell me you did? No, you didn't even tell me. No, Are you bastard, it, dude. That was good. Thanks. So that happens. Now I start talking to his wife. Then I say, "Well, listen. If you really want to advertise this thing, you know, I have a show, <laughs> and uh, this and that, the other thing." And I said, "So uh, you know, you can come on, you know." She says, absolutely, CJ is totally down for it. I was like, wow. Perfect. So that came from this. Okay, I'll try to run through these other things. I meet Adam Green. Mm. I talk about his four appearances on the Skeleton Crew. He remembers. He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely, of course I remember. Nice. And he goes, you know, you make me do all those funny uh, intros, right? Oh, like, no yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise. And this is my second time on the skeleton crew. So I'm going to uh, be firing my agents right after this. Hi, this is Adam Green, the creator of Holliston. And this is my third appearance on the skeleton, the skeleton, the skeleton, are you fucking serious? Three times, I, I said after the fucking first time, I don't want to talk to these fucking assholes again. You keep putting me on the phone with the fuck. I mean, no, it's just Time Magazine. Can you fucking read Time Magazine? And I'm, what is it, a fucking blog? It's a, it's a MySpace page. It's a MySpace page. Wait, thanks for this. Fuck! So how about, how about just one more? Like, what do you think? I've done, I've done this for you, like, six or seven fucking times, you guys. Like, it, it's enough. Well, it was just, it was just three. What, wasn't that a good idea, though, it, the one I just mentioned? Do you even talk to any other celebrities, or am I the only one who's, like, this low level that I talk to you guys? Because, I mean, like, don't, don't you have, like, other ones that could do this? Like... Like, maybe, um, like, if it was like, hey, this is William Freakin, and you're listening to the scout. Like, have, have, call Billy. Have him do it. He'd love to. You know what? This is a big mistake. I don't know if we should have, you know what? Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah, I remember you guys. I was like, yeah, man, so uh, what are you doing now? So supposedly, he has a new movie coming out that is huge, and he has not breathed a word about the title, what it's about, nothing. He mentioned this on his podcast, dude. It's super top secret. Yeah. Right. Yep. So he wants to, I said, well, listen, 
We're wrapping it up. It's our farewell tour, man. We would love to have you on. You're our most... Your interview is known as our greatest interview ever. The the second interview with him. I remember all of them, but th- that was like... It's my personal favorite, too, on top of oh, that. Oh, God, dude. That was lightning in a bottle. You can't fake that. That You can't replicate that. That's just perfection. I mean, hell, we've tried replicating it. We've had him on. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I said Time Magazine. Fuck. <laughs> so uh he said he will come on the show one last time for his big big movie and that will be great do you know how excited i am for that again like i don't care how many times how many hours we've racked up interviewing that like he's still my favorite man and we were just talking about hatchet or whatever and those movies are what they are like and he even knows that like it's a typical uh, you know archetypical uh, slasher you know Oh, I told him you were here to promote. You were on to promote Hatchet Three. You were on to promote Holliston Season Two. I think you were on to promote uh, the Bone Marrow. Digging up the marrow, yeah, Bone Marrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I said you were on for all your stuff, man. He's like, yeah, definitely. So I was like, yeah. So this is the we gotta do it this time, especially since it's, we're wrapping it up. Right. He goes, yeah, man, sure. Just hit me up. Sweet. So we got that. Love that guy. <clears throat> I had a very great conversation with Alan Howarth. Uh, composer, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, right? Okay, what now tell me what I knew I know the name, but I don't really know. He what... made all the Halloween music. What? Oh wow. Can you imagine? now now wait a minute. Well not all just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Carpenter did all the first movie, right? And obviously the rest of the movies are sort of just like the first movie. Correct. Except for Halloween three. Mm-hmm. They do change, like you know, like part four has its own things. Different versions, almost. Yeah. 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 Five is vastly different than the rest, and I don't even know if he did every single movie of Halloween's either. Mm-hmm. So I might be talking out of place here, but he definitely he did two and three guaranteed. Hmm, that's awesome. I know that. Yeah. Th- dude, three's music is so iconic too. Like, oh my god, that's like a that's like its own character in that movie. Dude, I said all this stuff. Did you? Okay, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, and I had him sign. I bought... I I don't ever do this shit, but I really began to appreciate all these things in my life, and I said, you know what? I love this guy, and he made music. I literally fucking played Halloween 3 music almost every night going to bed for, for like, a straight three months in a row one time. I remember you telling me that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how am I not embracing this more? So I said, you know what? Uh, Alan, how much is this CD here? He says $20. I obviously know I'm getting ripped off to some degree. Right. You know, it should be 10 But I said, okay, but the guy came over here, man. You know, he lives probably in Michigan or something. And he, he flew over here just to meet us. Woo, Michigan. He lives next to Jamie. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's killing off deadites and everything. <laughs> some people got Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Jamie's got... Uh... A musical composer. Yeah. So I said, let me just give this guy some. What the hell do I care? And I think it's even 20 signed, too, and with a picture. So that's not even bad. So it's pretty much evens out just with that signature. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. We go do that, and guess what? He wants to come on the show. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. You so didn't tell me talk- this, did you? No, I see you some fucking me. asshole, dude. That's awesome. Okay, right on. But I am a fan, so that'll be fun. Right on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the last thing to talk about this convention, uh, really the last. I mean, I could go on, but I'm sure 
people aren't that Why captivated by some fun out of your fucking life, Alex? Why don't you get out of the house more? Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I'm I, against fun. You that sounds like that? so much fun, dude. As you're describing this, convention scene is not my scene at all. But, dude, you're making me fucking... Oh, dude, you would love it. But then again, I could just send you out and just get all these people to come on a show, and I could just not leave my living room. <laughs> <laughs> so then I go up to Ted White again. I I talk about our interview, this and that, and um, just to talk to him because, dude, I think he's going to be gone soon. We said that last time, though, like on the show. <laughs> dude, he looks more like that now. Yeah. How old is he? He's got to be pushing 90 now, right? Something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. So I had to speak to him one more time. Good. That's all. So Jet, check this out. He, on our last show, you heard that clear sounding drop he did for the show. That was at the convention. What? Because remember he did, and I always hated his drop. When he says, hey, this is Ted White, and you're listening to Skeleton Crew. If you listen and pay attention to that really closely, yep. li- listen to the show where we did the, we redid the review for Friday 13th Part 4. Uh-huh. Because that's where that drop is. Right. His wife is talking in the background on the phone. No, I do remember that. Yep, I know. Yep. Yeah, yep. and I had to mute out in between him saying, "Hi, this is Ted White," and I had to mute it. Then it comes back in. You're listening because all you hear is, right. and I always hated it. Hi guys, this is Ted White, and you're listening to the Skeleton Crew. So I said I got to get this guy to do this again, man. So I asked him to do it, and he did it. <laughs> is that going to be on this show that we're doing now? No, it was on the last show. So I'll, th- I'll throw it in this this top this right now. I'll do it. Here you go. Hi, this is Ted White, and you're listening to the Skeleton Crew. What else? <laughs> Amazing. So okay, two more people I got to talk about. Okay, I met and another guy I never cared about, Doug Bradley. Yeah, remember that movie that we saw, Wrong Turn Six. Yeah, he was in that, too. I didn't, yeah. I didn't bring that up. Yeah, please. Yeah, so this, you did. this is the most amazing thing you're going to hear. He has a line that's so long, it goes down the hallway that enters the room where everyone is in. Mm-hmm. That is unheard of. Mm-hmm. It only happens with the biggest guy of the convention. Right. I don't care about Doug Bradley. Never gave a damn about him. Not into the Pinhead movies at all, right? Yep. Okay. So Jerry and Maribel have been on this line now for 45 minutes or so. I'm doing my own thing. So I just walk over and cut like 80 people. <laughs> oh, no. And act like they were just saving my spot. <laughs> and meanwhile, I have no intention of getting anything with this guy. I just feel like, well, I, I want I wanted to be official that I talked to uh to Doug Bradley. And then Alex turns around to the whole line and he goes, yeah, asshole. <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> I go and all of a sudden, while the guy in front of us is getting his autographs or pictures, I notice he's not talking to Doug Bradley. Mm. So I just decide, well, now I could just say something. So, uh, which I really shouldn't have until it was our turn. Yeah. So I say something like, hey, uh, Doug, Quick question. Um, it's been on Facebook recently that you signed a picture of the other pinhead from Revelation. Somebody came up to you with the wrong guy and you autographed it. Mm-hmm. I said, is this real or is that like a bullshit thing that somebody is making believe you did? Yeah. He goes, yeah, there is a guy who came up to me 
at an airport, blah, blah, blah. And he's talking to his handler. He goes, you remember this guy? I told you he came up to me at the wrong damn picture. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, you said something about that. He goes, yeah. I go, so you signed it, huh? And he goes, he goes, I just wanted to get out of the airport. <laughs> so I just signed the picture for the guy. Yeah. And I was like, and we were just started cracking up. <laughs> then we started talking about revelations and what he thought of it. I said, do you really hate it? Or are you just sort of mad that they didn't have you in it? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, they wanted me in it. I, I told him I hated the script to begin with and blah, blah. And I said, it's a piece of crap and I don't want to be in this. <laughs> so, so he goes, yeah. I go, yeah. And then he starts talking about revelations for about seven minutes. Come on. With that big line? Dude. What? This is the beginning of this. What? Then it's our turn. Yep. Oh, you haven't even gotten to your turn yet. No. You're such an asshole. He's he's talking to us while he's posing for a picture with other people. Oh, that's fucking tits. Okay, sorry, good. Check this out. Wow. Then when we get to him, I start talking to him about Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. Yep. And I say, you know, I think that's really good. And a lot of people sort of gloss over the fourth one, but I said, I really think that was a really good movie. And I said, is there anything, uh, I forgot like what I said, Mm -hmm. but whatever it is, he starts getting into the nightmare that was the making of Hellraiser Bloodlines. Mm -hmm. It was hell on earth. No joke, dude. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we get to interview him one day and he could do it all over again. Dude, so this is the most fascinating part of the day. Jerry, Maribel, and I, eventually, while this was taking place, were looking at each other like we couldn't believe this was happening. Right. He just stopped and talked to us for 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. While hundreds of people were in line. On top of the fucking seven that you just did before, that wasn't even your turn. <laughs> yes. Dude, wow. So... So we couldn't believe, as the story kept going about what A Nightmare was, a film part four, Mm -hmm. we just kept looking at each other. And eventually, because we felt this tremendous guilt that, and especially for me, who cut the line to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then as the, and then people are like, Jerry said he heard them like making comments like, come on, what the fuck, man? You know, this and that, the other thing. Like, uh, good about how long they're waiting, dude. Yeah. So check this out. This is makes it even worse. <laughs> or better. So bef- before, yeah, better for, for us. What do we care? <laughs> yeah. So before he even gets into the 10 minute conversation, while he's signing our pictures, mm-hmm. I ask him if he could do a drop for the show. No. And check it out. This gets even worse. <laughs> so I'm so excited about it that when I hold the phone up to him and he does it, I forgot to press record. Oh, no. So a minute later, after he signs Jerry's picture, I go, uh, Doug, you're going to kill me, man. I go, it, it didn't record. Would you mind doing this again? <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. You're going to kill me. It turned off before you said that. Can you oh, do it okay. more time? Sorry. It's uh, the skeleton crew. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, this is Doc Bradley, Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew, and you'd better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Thank you so much. 
thinking I'm I'm overstepping my bounds of even asking him to do this. <laughs> you fucking pushing Pinhead to the fucking breaking point. No. Right, but guess what? I, I apparently wasn't because after he did it a second time, yep. then he did the ten minute conversation. Right. I was I was kidding anyways. Yeah, clearly. That, yeah. No, but I no, I agreed. I, I thought you were right. <laughs> Leave it. Leave it to Alex to fucking have a have a showdown with fucking Jason in the elevator, and then fucking get Pinhead to work for him. Yeah. Well, guess what? The story, the whole convention story, wraps up at Monster Mania with Michael Myers. So now Nick Castle, Michael Myers himself from Halloween 1978, is oh, here. Oh, gee. Yep. And he also. As you heard on our last show, he did a drop for the skeleton crew. Mm-hmm. Can you believe, what were you thinking when you heard the last show and Michael Myers is referencing the skeleton crew? I, I, can t- I don't need to tell I actually you thought I thought it was Matt at first because he wow. sounded so much like Matt. So when it first happened, I was like, is that Matt? Hello, it's Nick Castle, Michael Myers. You're listening to the skeleton crew. Thanks, man. And then, like, <laughs> They're the and same then height, like, too. I was like, oh, no, that's actually him. <laughs> but Yeah, well, he said he gave his radio announcer voice when he did it. <laughs> dude, that's dope, man. Yeah. Oh, can you believe this? Oh, I can, I can tell you this right now, dude, because uh, me and you had talked and you had said that he was there and I saw on Facebook, yeah, 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 whatever. And me and my buddy um, were listening to it in my buddy's car. I just wanted to hear it for a second. I couldn't listen to the whole show or whatever. But, dude, yeah, right out the gate, I was like, oh, shit, dude. And my buddy was just like, wait. And I had to explain it to him. And he goes, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, apparently not. <laughs> can you imagine Michael Myers? When we were growing up watching Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis – the nighttime, the music, the Halloween, the pumpkins, everything, that that guy would be talking about our show on some level. That's crazy, man. How weird is that? How surreal is that? You know what image comes to mind, though? <laughs> Not even unfortunately, but it's kind of funny, is that picture of him uh, feeding the mask uh, the beer. Oh, mask. no, it was a Dr. Pepper, which I'm drinking right now. Yep, yep. Are you really? Yeah, right now. Listen. That's crazy. I just bought a Dr. Pepper last night for the first time and probably like, I'm not even, I swear to God, I'm not even trying to like hand this up. Probably like the first time in like a year I bought one last night. Nah. That's weird, dude. Yeah. Well, hey, it's all coming together, man. We're all in sync. Yo, with your baby. As we promised, here he is, the man behind the mask himself, C.J. Graham. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Skeleton Crew. How are you guys doing? Everybody good? Oh, yeah. 
Dude, I'm great now. Dude, all week, like, I got a couple things going on. I had two of my best friends had babies, and I got a birthday party, and somebody asked me, they're like, yeah, you excited? You got a big week coming up. I'm like, yeah, on the outside. But on the inside, I'm like, I'm really excited about this C.J. Graham interview. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, it's so great, man. You know, I met you, well, I met you actually years ago, like 10 years ago at a convention, but um, just recently, the way we're actually here right now and lucky enough to be talking to CJ is I went to Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, and CJ has this amazing thing going where he decided, and we're, I dig, we're going to get all into this, to uh, do a photo op, and it's much different than everybody knows. You know, instead of walking up to the table and meeting and just taking the picture, he actually is going to great lengths to make dreams come true <laughs> for for horror nerds all over the world. <laughs> and he gets in complete Jason Six, Jason Lives costume and has a professional photo shoot. And you take the picture; it couldn't look better. The lighting the the quality of the picture and right there you walk around a table and then they print it out for you as an eight by ten and you go on your way and you can get like digital uh like a, a digital password and go on when you get home you can go ahead and download it to your computer now so it's the greatest thing so number one thank you for making these nerdy dreams come true <laughs> two where did you get this idea was it see i was thinking was it because um was Robert England like one of the first guys to do this when he got in his Freddy uh, makeup or whatever a couple years ago? Yeah, I believe he may have been uh, Kane Hodder, uh, Jason seven eight nine ten buddy of mine. He uh, did it about a year and a half ago and went to extensive lengths for his wardrobe from part seven because it's a full full costume that has to be uh, developed and designed and built for one yeah. usage and then it's gone. And, you know, what a lot of the fans kept asking me, to be honest, they wanted to know why I wouldn't do one, and I never really thought of it, to be honest. But mm -hmm. then I started looking at the opportunities, and as I started making a few more conventions last year, um, the fans just kept saying, hey, any chance of a wardrobe, wardrobe. And I went back and looked at it, still having all of my personal photographs from being on set behind the scenes, and mm -hmm. the simplicity of being fortunate enough that Jason Six uh, as Jason 4 and Jason 3, um, the wardrobes are pretty simple. And right. if you're familiar with the Vietnam-era uh, fatigues, uh, which OD green and khaki pants and the boots, jungle boots, web belt, a 30 cal uh, uh, chamber holder, if you're familiar with those items, as I was, you know where to get them. So, you know, between, I had five or six people help me. Uh, some people took care of the darts, some people took care of the web belt, two, a couple of guys took care of the, the wardrobe itself. And then, of course, I had one person with a latex hood and somebody who I felt did a good job with a mask. And I actually sent a photo of the actual mask with the 357 hole in it to that person to ensure continuity without the 357 hole because the, the scenes are a little earlier. Wow. So, I had five or six people, uh, special effects wardrobe people, working with me to get the creation down to, now it takes me about 30, 40 minutes max to get into the wardrobe, and uh, I get right in front of that green screen, that background, and fans come in and take a photo. Some of them I'm holding the spear, some of them I pull out the machete, sometimes I just take out the hunting knife. Uh, it just depends. Every once in a while, uh, I'll take them and grab them by the throat, because uh, I'm going to choke them out, right? 
<laughs> yeah, well, the way the reason we're sitting here right now is because I guess obviously you remember my pitch. I was one of the lucky people who I I cropped out me and you in this picture, and I put the part six uh, woods behind us, and you liked it so much that you were like, "Wow, this is really cool. Can I use this to you know sort of advertise that I'm doing this now and and this and that?" So that was like such an honor, dude. Thank you so much, and. As you can see in that picture, you you grabbed me by my Friday Part Two shirt and yanked me over to you and held the knife up to me. So that was that was just amazing. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is, and I always ask when a fan sends me a shot, they've done some modifications, maybe changed the background to Camp Crystal Blood or Camp Crystal Lake or the woods, as you did. Um, some people add the Friday the Thirteenth logo Part Six, and sometimes they're so good that I say, if it's okay, I'd like to use this for promotional, but I always ask because, you know, I'm using your lookalike along with myself, and I, you know, I want to make sure you're comfortable with it before I throw it out there for everybody to see. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, and you know, speaking of the, the way anyone looks, you must be comfortable because, man, you're in great shape. I mean, 30 years later, and I was looking at the picture, I'm like, man, he doesn't really look any different from the movie. No, I think that's the surprising fact. Uh, the first time I did this was Days of the Dead in February, Atlanta, Georgia. And the interesting thing is uh, Covington, Georgia, is where I had shot the movie 30 years ago, which is about 25 miles outside uh, Atlanta. So it was kind of a nice resurrection of the Jason formula. But you know what? I felt comfortable enough uh, that, as you probably saw, take a look at the photos at the fan scene that, in theory, I could step right into a movie set and go right to work and wouldn't miss a beat. Yeah, I mean, you don't. It's 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 pretty amazing. Um, the, it's funny because looking at the whole costume and how you recreate it, you got everything perfect. And it brings me to another question. Now, you have like your the, the gloves, the yellow gloves on. And a lot of people speculate <laughs> as to why Jason wore gloves in that movie. And obviously, they're the ones that Tommy Jarvis was wearing when he dug you up. And he threw them down, as you could see in the movie. Now, everybody speculates that they did it just to cut time and money for makeup on your hands. Would you say that's the actual answer? Twofold. I would say that Tom McLaughlin, the writer-director, had a vision. And how many of you remember when you put your gloves on? What's the first thing you do when you put your gloves on? You're ready to go to work. Right. So, oh, yeah, think point. about it. <laughs> yeah, think about it. I'm because I do put them on and grab them on, just like I'm ready to go to work. Um, you know, when a cowboy goes to work, they put the gloves on. You know, when a foreman goes to work, they put the gloves on. So, Jason's ready to go to work. So there was a twofold. Yes, if you took a look at the hands at the very beginning, they were prosthetics, and they would have to been put off and on the whole time. But I think also it's just the the craziness. Let's simplify the process. And Jason turns around with those gloves being put on, and it's like, it's time to go to work. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, because in the next scene, too, when, when you run into the uh, car, it does seem like you're kind of clocking in. Like, clearly, you're all business, and, and you're just going right for it. All right, so you did this back in the 80s. We're in 2017. Did you ever think that not only you'd be in this position, but but second, you'd have to try and remember everything that happened on, what was it, a 40-day shoot, I believe? Uh, do you think you'd have to keep referencing this this small time period in your life all these years later? No, and, and that's the amazing thing to the stamina of the fans and the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, it just keeps going and going like the Energizer Bunny. And, you know, I'm fortunate. I've probably got 
oh, 70, 80, 90 photos behind the scenes easily of us sitting around the campfire, so to speak, and talking and getting ready to do scenes and sets and how to do it that I've kept all these years in a photo uh, album along with my series when I did Highway to Hell when I played Hell Cop. Mm. And you go back and take a look at them, and that's what the references that I was using for the wardrobe to make sure that we were accurate, you know, and we met the expectations of the fans. Because the last thing we want to do is step in front of a photo op and look like uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy, or <laughs> you want to look like Ken or Barbie because your wardrobe is so pretty. Right. Um, that's not the intent. You really want to make that person, as you found out, when you stepped up to me and I grabbed you and I took charge is what I was trying to do and you could feel that I still had the force, it changed your <laughs> attitude about, well, this is just a, hey, let me build me up with the cowboy. This is friggin' Jason. He's going to knock my ass out. Ah. Yes. Oh, I would be honored to be knocked out by you, just so you know. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> and listen, I got choked by Kane Hodder enough. I'm sure it's fine if you punch me in the face. <laughs> well, hey, let, 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 let's talk about that with Kane Hodder, because I want to be on the record, because I already told my brother from another mother that I know he likes to take ownership of that chokehold. Right. But he okay. owes me a lot of residuals on that, because I have the first chokehold proven when I've got a hold of Alice Cooper's neck in the 8x10s on my table, because people, I brought it over to this table a few weeks, uh, a few months ago, and brought it to his attention for clarity, buddy. Yeah, I started that chokehold way back 1986 with Alice Cooper. So, wow. you know, don't be trying to walk through and tell everybody it's your thing, buddy. Love you. Recognize, but, Kane. <laughs> yeah, you just looked at me and said, well, I can't argue with the photo. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> but, proof. <laughs> yeah, but I, I will tell you, Kane and I are very close. Um, Kane has been a great, great ambassador of the Jason series and the character Jason Voorhees. Um, I think a lot of the success uh, has to do with Kane and him being on the market all the time. He's out there every weekend somewhere promoting the series and himself, of course, but with great, great response from the fans. And he just has done an amazing job to, to really take it in a worldwide brand from an actor perspective. So I'm just glad that we had a great ambassador like Kane to keep it going. And then I get to be part of that as most people will say, and, and, and I say, don't tell Kane, that I think part six was a pretty good show. It really represented two sides of comedy, the old whore back in the Lon Chaney, Boris Karloff days, Frankenstein, yep. but not, not a dead character with no brains. I mean, there was curiosity factors and fear. Yeah, oh, I, I couldn't agree more. That's exactly how I feel. We we This is how we started our show. Uh, what was it? God, Alex, three, four? God, 2012? Yeah, without those was our first shows was doing a uh, Friday the 13th retrospective. And I've always been a fan of the earlier ones just in terms of uh, the movies and the stories or whatever. Um, I did not like five and I don't really like, uh, you know, seven, eight that much. I, I do. I love the series, obviously. I'm just talking about really like geek terms here. You know, if you want to rate them all or whatever. But six is so awesome because of exactly what you said. Man, that balance is so perfect that not only can I watch it, by myself and have fun but it's it's a good introduction movie for to get people into horror as well and it's not too campy it's not too much comedy it's perfect man and there's no question in there i just wanted to say that <laughs> yeah well i have a question about it i mean how did you go about balancing the humor because you know much like on uh one of my fa i love the universal classics so 
One of my favorite movies of all time is Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. I think one of the things that made that so effective is the humor that Bud and Lou brought to it. But I think one of the major, you know, aspects is that the, the monsters all play it straight. Right. Is that what you did? Like, did did they tell you, look, the kids are going to be a little, you know, more goofier or whatever. It's going to be, there's humor within, you know, certain types of thing, angles we're going here. But when you're on, when you're Jason, you're Jason. Don't worry about any of that. You just do Jason. Now, when I, it, it, exactly, I think you put it pretty well. I mean, Tom McLaughlin was pretty clear to me on uh, his expectations, and we talked about, uh, the Lon Chaney Boris call off the Frankenstein of the old black and white where he was at the river with the little girl and, and she gives him a flower and he looks at it and the curiosity factor, but he did not want a robot and he did not want a human being. It's almost the first dawn of the dead or days of the dead type of a, uh, a horror figure that would step out very similar to Frankenstein. So mm-hmm. if you start looking at those contributions, you think about the electricity bringing back to life like Frankenstein. So now he becomes unstoppable, but there's still some brainwaves in there of curiosity. So we were shooting, in, of course, out of segment. So I would always be in character because my job was to always be serious. And the actors and the principals around me, their job was to come in with the, you know, some people have a strange sense of entertainment <laughs> and look right into the camera lens, talking to you three, you know, Love that. looking at the skeleton crew when, <laughs> when that was said. Um, <laughs> or, you know, stopping and anybody wearing a mask, you know, I mean, so they were throwing it out there. We all know what's going to happen half the time. We know that you're going to go around the corner and he's going to be standing there, but you, you don't want to not look to see how it portrays and how it comes out. Yeah. So I think it was in the back of our minds. A lot of us knew the outcome each time, but we mm-hmm. couldn't take our eyes off the screen because we wanted to be part of the culture. Right. Right. See, and and I'm so glad you said that too, because one of the there's I guess two schools of thought when it comes to um, uh, acting and and doing what you did behind the the mask. You know, somebody and I don't subscribe to this notion, but somebody would say, "Oh, well, that's easy. You got no lines and stuff like that." But then there's the other school of thought is, "No, that's way harder." Even you know to convey, especially all the stuff that you were you were doing in that movie. Something as subtle as it's funny because. The scene where the guy shoots you with the with the paintball gun, and you look down and you just look up at him. I well, been... wait, that wasn't him. wasn't I wasn't that Dan Bradley at that? The one scene which was uh, the other Jason, and there's because it was one of the day scenes. They didn't want to reshoot. Yep. That was the first time they brought the daily in uh, from the first day of shooting, and the decision was made. We've got the wrong. Um, <laughs> stunt person for this and decisions were made within 24 hours and flown out but the concept of you know you just shot me uh or why would you do that it's kind of like somebody talking (laughs) back and getting in your face and they hit you in the mouth like they're going to do something and your neck just pops back and you look at them like are you serious you hit me you punk (laughs) well it's almost like what cj did to the i mean uh kane hodder did to the guy in the roof in part eight correct right you just stood there. <laughs> it's powerful. It's organic. And, you know, it's like, go ahead, go put a spear in me. But that's just going to agitate me. It's like, you know, a sliver. It's like a bee sting. You're just pissing me off now. Yeah. You're in a very unique position where um, 
you play a character that's that's probably what top 100 uh, iconic American characters, not even horror, just characters in general. And yet you're behind a mask. So if you're walking down the street, unless you're Alex or me or Jamie here and we know we know what you look like. And and, you know, if you're around the, the convention circuit, you'll see that. But most people don't know. I'm sure, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, who you are. So how does that play out in your real life? Like, are you just like at any moment if somebody's talking or whatever and they start talking about horror stuff, you can just break that out of your back pocket? Like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Jason Voorhees, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great pickup line. Um, I think, you know, I mean, it, you know, I think the thing that's nice about it is, you know, unless you're a true horror fan, and, I, and I'll give you an example. I remember going through TSA one time, uh, Derek Mears and myself had done a convention, you know, a few years ago, and the, the TSA agent looked at my ID and looked up at me and said, are you C.J. Grant that did Jason on Friday the 13th? And I just looked at him, and my jaw dropped. I said, yeah. I go, did you see the last one with Derek Mears? I go, he goes, yeah. I go, see that bald guy back there, big white guy? I said, that's Derek. And all of a sudden, he's calling Derek up to the front line to go through TSA. So, But I have been walking through Universal Studios, and I have somebody go by and play me, you play Jason. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy the folks that do recognize my face, but it's also nice when nobody doesn't. And then somebody just happens to mention or they start talking about they like a horror movie. And all of a sudden the conversation goes, well, you know, I play Jason Friday the 13th, right? <laughs> and they just, their jaw goes down and they're like, no way. <laughs> and before you know it, the conversation turns into 18 kills. Yeah. And part six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, one thing I want to go back to real quick, the whole Dan Bradley thing with the daylight scenes. It's so weird because those were shot and in, in something that's really not done often. Having Jason right out in the open in broad daylight and right. you couldn't get a, a clear look at him. So in my mind, I would think that they would say, well, look, since we have the right guy now, let's go back and reshoot those. But is it, I mean, is it just the same thing in 99 out of a hundred thing? Is it, it, the answer is money. Like, like they, they would just would not reshoot that just to have you since it's such a good look at them. I think, you know, there's, there's a grand total of two scenes that you see the other Jason. One is the paintball. And then there's one scene walking through the woods where you can tell pants are a little shorter than mine. Um, other than that, the one day scene where I take the arm and lift it up and right. take the machete and throw the arm down and discard the arm, that's me. So I think it was twofold again. I think it was the cost concern, but I also think that people looked at that paintball shot mm-hmm. and there is a different physical structure, not significant, but enough to be noticeable. But I think most people would just assume there's some type of padding on so that the paintball, because it was a real paintball, wouldn't right. hurt. And there was padding on to cover a dam, so I think the just excessiveness, one would just assume that's just the way the scene was shot, and you might be able to get away with it. So I don't know if this as fast as it was and how fast it went up to the upper body again. I think Tom probably just assumed we could leave it in the bucket. Now, the nice thing about this, leaving it in a can was good, but when we got back to L.A., we still had some money left in the budget, so we were able to do three more kills back in L.A. uh, in the park. Ah, so that was kind of cool because he wanted to add some to it. 
Yeah, like the people on the moped and things. You know, well, that that's the other thing I was going to ask. Like, uh, <clears throat> the whole thing with when you said the way you were – the shot, you're walking fast with the with the shorter pants and obviously that was the, the guy, Dan Bradley. So that's a big question. Now, this whole thing about how Jason doesn't run, this, that, the other thing. So, Oh, here we go. Yeah, well, here's the thing. <laughs> obviously, that started with the zombie, Jason. Now – that's the big question. Besides, how did you, how do you balance the the comedy? I wanted to ask you: Was there any emphasis made to you saying, "Well, look, now that you're a zombie, you're like the Walking Dead. Those guys move at like one tenth of or one twentieth of a speed of a normal person. So we're not taking it that far, but we don't want you running anywhere." Did anybody ever say, like vocalize that? Yeah, of course. Tom McLaughlin made it clear that what he was looking for and. You know, I think even, and, and to be fair, I don't even know if those feet in the uh, film walking that one scene is Dan. It could have been a secondary unit person doing that, just getting mm. a, a secondary unit shot, to be yeah. fair. But even that scene, you know, uh, Jason's moving a little quickly. But I think, I think you got to remember, Jason knows the woods like the back of his hand, no puns <laughs> intended. And that's his campsite, that's his campground, that's, you know, Crystal Lake. So he knows the shortcuts, and you got to remember these people in the middle of the night are disarrayed, and they're running around terrified, and just got their friend's head pulled off. So they're running just around in circles, in my mind, and Jason knows where they're going, where they're going to come out. At the end of the day, they're all going to try to get out the front gate. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't really have to move quickly, and like I said, you're hypnotized because you as a fan know that, well, run all you want, girl. Run all you want, dude, because at the end of the day, you're going to come around the corner just like you saw how many times in Jason, and there he is. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. I think Didn't they give him a teleportation uh, thing in the video game? Well, uh, <laughs> in, part, in Part 8 they did, and then they're going to implement that in the Part 8 level. Okay, the so there you yeah. go. Yeah, because like I, I totally agree with that, CJ. I, I've we've we've always talked about that. Like, oh, how does he get there and stuff like that. So yeah, actually, now that you said that, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's his it's his backyard right there for sure. <laughs> yeah, just remember, I mean, who knows your neighborhood better than you? Right, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, it, one of the cool things that I was different about Part Six is they finally had kids as campers in there. So nice. I mean. With the tone he was going for, uh, Tom, it's like there was no discussion. Like, so am I going to kill any of these kids or am I just going to sort of look at them and walk away? Like, what what was that discussion like when you were like, you know, how far are we going with this? Like, because, you know, in Stephen King's It, you know, they, he's in the sewer and he rips the kid's arm out. Even though that's not seen, it's still implied. He kills the girl at the, the clothesline. So it's not like... It's never heard of to kill kids. So what? how did that go down, like that kind of discussion? Well, I think that was Tom being the mastermind behind this when he did do writing and directing because the concept is it is a, it is a camp. Mm. And so, you know, if you go back historically, there was Jason in the very first one who was just a young person that died. And then if you think about it, there's not a lot of reference to the children any longer. So this was just another way for Tom to add on to the character reference of mm-hmm. the history that it is a camp for children, and the counselors are not paying attention to the children. But remember, Jason died as a child, so in my mind, yeah. you know, Jason doesn't touch or hurt children. You right. know, period. And I wow. tell young fans that all the time at conventions, little kids, and I say, you know, remember, it's make believe, it's like Halloween, and Jason, Jason doesn't hurt children. 
You know, that's not how Jason works, and it makes little people settle down. So staying through that form, you know, Jason doesn't hurt children. Jason was a child at one time that, in theory, drowned as a result of a young adult not paying attention to the children. So Jason, yeah. at the end of the day, in my mind, is going to protect the children. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it took him six entries, uh, CJ. To be honest with you, to get to that, because I think that is such an aspect of the franchise that was that was obviously delved into in 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 your episode there. But but God, like it was always beforehand. You know, they were setting up for the camp, and I'm like, wow. I'm trying to think. Of, like, if you add kids into it, it would it would add this whole other level. This is my thinking. Um, you know, when I was really young, going through the series, and I hadn't gotten to six yet. So when that happened, I thought that was great man like what did you think of, and and obviously you just touched on one aspect of it but what did you think of the story overall of six me personally it's it's one of my favorites i mean we talked about the comedy and stuff but i love it man from top to bottom it's it's got a lot of layers to it i really do uh, dig it well i think you know i'm very fortunate for part six because if i understand the way they're going to bring the series back uh retro they want to go back to a similarity of part four part six with mm -hmm. the character again. Um, and, and even Kane, I've had this conversation, you know, you know, it, it, maybe Jason in space and everything is really a little bit out of space, so to speak. But mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's our decision. We're the stunt people, we're the actors, and we got to do our job. But I'm sure that it would have been nicer to keep it more mainstream because it gives you more of a character reference where you can really continue to, as I said earlier, it's Jason's backyard. There's right. so many different things that can happen in Jason's backyard. I mean, right. don't laugh, but condos can be built in Jason's backyard. <laughs> and the series can take a sick twist until the condos are burnt down or dismantled as a result of Jason. Right. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's hard. You know, I think Paramount did well through the first, if I remember correctly, went through the first eight. And then when the other studios took over, there was some change. Um, you know what? I mean, all every, everybody's done a good job with it. We did our job. I, I'd love to see Tom McLaughlin get involved again because he has that sixth sense mm. of, you know, the character as he did. And just to give it some of the resurrection into the retro and then still put together what we couldn't do in the 80s. I mean, some of the things we had when Horseshack died and I pulled his heart out, the heart was actually beating and blood was squirting out of the heart, but we had to clip it. Uh, they wouldn't allow it on the screen because you need an <laughs> X rating in those days. Wow. So I think there's some things that we could do. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's amazing. Everything is phenomenal about the eighties. Like the way those movies were made were so much better. You know, well, I think so. You know, I'm, there are still talented people out there, but there's just something about those movies that's so amazing. And man, they all suffer from this, you know, MPAA, and especially Part Seven with Kane Hodder. Like, I mean, there's so much that we left on the ground, Tom McLaughlin. And in those days, you didn't save what you put on the ground. When it was on the ground, it was swept in the garbage and destroyed. Um, in today's world, they save everything, all the dailies and everything, so you could always put the director's cut together at a later date if you chose to do so to resurrect any film. Right. Um, so I bet you Tom really misses some of those. But some of those scenes were, you know, when I popped the uh, deputy's head, it popped out. I mean, you could see the the brains pop out. It was perfect. You know, um, in today's world, that would be more acceptable. But I really think they should take a look at it. Again, you know what? It's their decision. They're going to put the money to do it. But I think there's a huge opportunity to stay in the perimeter of yep. uh, Camp Crystal Lake 
And there's so many things that Camp Crystal Lake could have. They, you know, it's it's 35 years later now. You could have an RV park attached to it. You could still have the campground. Um, you could have all these convenience stores and things associated with Camp Crystal Lake ground. I mean, mm-hmm. it could really be extended into a pretty cool series of kills uh, for another two or three easily without having to over-the-top creativity and expense. And those are great ideas, and I think that just adds to the anger and the frustration with so many people, too, because, you know, everybody always says, why isn't there another one? Is it really that hard to make? And and while I wouldn't say it's easy, just hearing you talk about it, dude, those are great fucking ideas. Like, yeah, do that. Like, you don't have to necessarily overthink it, but wow, man, it's just, it's frustrating because hearing somebody like, you know, one of the most iconic Jasons talk about it, like, yeah, why don't you just do this, this, and that? And I'm sitting over here salivating like, yes, do that. I think that's why people are frustrated that, you know, it's not getting made still, you know? Well, until you're in the game. Totally. So for me, yep. sit back here and armchair easy. Here's what I would, and here's my creative thought, you know, not that I have the answers, but if you want to make the next one a serious smash hit better than all the series in totality, what I would do is go ahead and go back to a retro Jason. And mm-hmm. you know what? You either put uh, Kane back in the wardrobe or Derek or me, me because mm-hmm. of the three similarities to the physical and the way it's carried. But I think whoever takes it, that every Jason that has played Jason should have a cameo as themselves in the film to be killed by the new reign of Jason, whoever that is, whoever that character is. I mean, here I'm a bus driver just going down the street and Jason's on the bus and kills me. And because people are going to see the men behind the mask, Ted Mm -hmm. White, you can see Ari, you can see uh, Steve Dash. I mean, you get a chance to see all the guys being killed off by the new the new king, I think, is going to bring the fans in as all fans. Because some people do like four, some people like two, mm-hmm. some people like part eight. It's going to bring everybody together and put them into ones. Because everybody's going to be sitting there saying, hey, there's King getting whacked. Or, hey, there's CJ getting whacked. I mean, yeah. at that point, you get to move forward with the new series. Wow. And, you know, we got to put some Alice Cooper in the new movie, too. <laughs> and, I, and I think that was – I was very fortunate. I think uh, using Alice Cooper was huge – because yep. of uh, who he is. He's always been about fear and scariness and horror. I mean, Alice Cooper was my first concert in the early 70s that I ever went to up in wow. Seattle, Washington. Dude, I'm I'm a huge fan of that guy. I went to like two of his concerts already. Yeah, I think that would be a huge uh, launching platform for the series. But, you know, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback, to right. be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to do something like that would just give it huge franchise to be launched and then you could go forward with what you want uh, without a lot of, of criticism or thought. You just got to put it together. Still going to have the kids, still going to have the camp counselors. I mean, like yeah. I said, you know, Camp Crystal Lake has evolved. So now you got somebody working on the bus, and mm-hmm. Jason pushes the bus over on, the, on CJ. And all you mm-hmm. see is CJ's <laughs> legs being snapped off. Wow. Um, oh, you know what you could do to, to you? This would be the perfect kill for you. Oh, my God. I just thought of that. Uh-oh. Okay. Jason takes you, wraps a chain around your neck, throws you at the bottom of the lake. Then you grab out, like, a chalkboard, and you write on it, and you hold it to the camera, and it says, well, I guess this is my life now. Exactly. I mean, there's so many things, though. Think of the kills that Jason has done 
and think of the new Jason doing what you just said with the chain around my neck, who's ever neck, and throwing them to the bottom of the lake, and then you see them, and they're just completely, you know, uh, dissolved. <laughs> that would be I mean, amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, what you just said, again, think about the gasoline factory. You're filling up yes. on the maintenance vehicle, and somebody gets totally ignited and burned down to a crispy critter. Yep. Um, and Jason just keeps going. So there are a lot of very simplistic kills that could be orchestrated, but on each one of the Jasons as cameos, and you still have the counselors that need to get whacked. Right. Right. Like, how perfect would it be, like, Steve Dash gets a machete through his arm and cuts his arm off or something, and, you know, um, what's it? Uh, Ted White gets a machete to his face and he gets hacked up, it, you know, and it's all from Jason. Like, you kill them the way he, they died as as you, you know, or as Jason, I mean. <laughs> like, that would be so cool, dude. It's a reflection of each one of the Jason's best kills being reflected upon the actual actor that did the kills. Wow. Yeah, there's some and cool they, things they think they could do. You could touch on that, though, in such a great way because of, like you just said about the conventions. You guys were talking about the whole convention thing. There are so many fans that would appreciate that. And, you know, I mean, horror fans, too, they're very trepidatious about, you know, hating on the next one or whatever. I'll tell you what, man, you put you throw in shit like that, it's game over. You got everybody's attention, you know? And then All if you board. do a good film, yeah. Totally. Right. Well, that's what you want. You want the ones that like part one through... Yep. The last one with Derek, and if every one of the Jasons is getting whacked in one form or another, it brings the series together as a family. So there's no more independency. It's now one Friday the 13th going forward. Wow. Yeah, dude, they just did that with the Power Rangers movie. They had uh, two of the original Power Rangers in the new movie uh, cameo in it and have small roles in it or whatever. And not that that movie was predicated on that, but I'll tell you, I heard that, and I'm 32, so that's right in my little my little you know um, age range, and uh, I was into that stuff. And now it just it, it tickles that nostalgic funny bone or however you want to say it, and it's just like, okay, yeah, if I was ever on the fence, which I wasn't in the first place, but it, if I was ever on the fence i hear that and i'm like let's go so to back up what you said absolutely <laughs> yeah. well that's that's the part i'm hoping for because if they did something that would bring instead of it being part whatever it would be the best of the series right, right. yeah it would be like one big it would be one big gigantic climactic ending to it all right you know as we wrap this up and and you know tell people about this photo op you're doing i couldn't you know i was talking to your wife and she's like the nicest person she's so cool your wife set this interview up i was talking to her she is too cool and uh i could only imagine how cool it must be for her to, to live with uh, uh, jason Voorhees. <laughs> like that must be the like the craziest thing and I, I wonder what that's like for her but it with this whole thing with the with the fans and you doing this with them your fan interactions because she said that you were you were at germany we're actually going to Germany in about two weeks, a uh, weekend oh, no of hell. And I'll be there for three days, four days, and there's a good show over there. And then I'll be going to London in uh, uh, October. Uh, but between now and then, I mean, we still have got, you know, uh, Spooky Empires coming up um, and down in uh, Florida. Uh, we've got Crypticon in Minnesota. Uh, there's a Mad Monster coming up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so there's projects out there and now that the availability is there for me to get out there, I'm trying to hit as many shows as I can and just the resurrection of Jason, so to speak, to make sure everybody knows that Jason does live. Yeah, because you, you retired, right? So now you have 
free time to travel and do these these conventions and and which uh the ones you mentioned which ones will you be doing your special uh photo op in with a full costume uh so far every one of them has uh opt in to me doing them uh since nice. i started with days of the dead i got days of the dead coming up in a, in a few months and then i've got scares the cares coming up so everybody that's uh got me out there to con and asked me to step into the wardrobe um monster mania as you indicated earlier in the show um, great job. We had over 370 people uh, in groups to take photographs with Jason in wardrobe. And yep. uh, so uh, with the fans real quick, uh, what is the craziest experience have you had with a fan? Like what is like the, the most insane thing that sticks out? Like you and Kane maybe talked about like, oh, man, I went to this one place and this one guy, blah, blah, blah. This like, fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Was it like something the most obnoxious thing someone ever said to you and he thought he was saying something normal, but it was completely offensive? Like, is there any crazy story like that you have with meeting all these thousands of people? Yeah, I think the most uh, crazy and most offensive is the friggin' skeleton crew always giving me a hard friggin' time every time I turn around. <laughs> So if I could get rid of these deadbeats, I'd be doing just fine. Dead. <laughs> mention it. Mention in the one scene that you're not in. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, CJ, what was it like in the scene you weren't in, where uh, you got shot by a paintball? <laughs> I'm exactly. Such an but I will tell you, uh, I did a show here recently, um, and uh, it, Whorehound, you know, it was amazing in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. There were about 12, 14 people that dressed up as camp counselors oh, in blue t-shirts, and they all got all decked out and had signs for Jason, and you know, and we took photographs. And then some of the set people that were there doing all the photographs, a bunch of the guys, there was about eight of them, they bought those bandanas and said dead on them oh, from dude. part six, so they all put those bandanas on, and we took a photo when I was in full wardrobe. So there's some pretty cool pictures out there that people get creative putting their own theoretical concept into this. So, hey, it's all worth it. Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. dude, thank you so much for hopping on the show. And th please thank your wife for us. She made this happen. Uh, thanks for picking my picture to post on your Facebook. <laughs> That's I, I could always say uh, when I'm like, you know, 50 years old, like, oh, yeah, you see that guy? that killer right there he posted my picture on his facebook <laughs> you know like it's just so funny to say and uh, it's been so great talking to you man and uh we're really thankful that you're doing this photo op thing in full costume yeah. everybody you know everybody has heard where you're gonna be but you know dude send me a, a message and i will post uh all these places you're going to be in full photo op you know uh costume and everything and i'll post that with the link of this show that you're on and uh yeah thanks again man i really appreciate you guys and uh look forward to seeing you at the next con absolutely man hey uh, good luck with the hot tub thanks a lot guys
So, Alex, so you showed me uh, the other day, or you showed everybody, really, the uh, the video, your Friday the 13th Part 2 video. I have every single official Friday the 13th Part 2 release of uh, a figure of any kind. What? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Everything in that one picture should be everything that was ever released in any official way. Not a homemade thing or thing like that. So... And like the, the, I think the most prized possession in that whole thing is the big plush. That's the guy to the left, the left corner, the big gigantic monster-looking yes. Jason Sackhead. That's insane, by the way. That's Thanks. insane, bro. Like, how, yeah, I don't. I, I was gonna say how much was that? Doesn't even matter. No offense, I don't even. Care. Yeah, well, it was only like seventy-five dollars, but really. Yeah, but I mean, I guess people think that's way expensive for a, a little plush toy. You know? Fuck but, them. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad, but... Um, I want it. Yeah, it it took years to accumulate all that stuff. You know, they made a Friday 13th, 25th anniversary thing with Part 2 and his mom and the, the shrine. There, There's like the, a little Mecco, I think is the name of the company, guy I got, uh, and Sideshow. They released something back in like 2005, and I got that. The Necco one, I have that one. The, is it the, like the, how tall is he? Like um... Two inches, maybe. Okay, I was I have one that's like six inches, I think maybe. I got like a five incher. Oh wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, Jamie said I have a six incher. I was about to say so do I, but I didn't want to interrupt her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, we'll have to go over my picture to really uh, see because I I don't think I'm missing anything. I really don't. So uh, just let me know. But so I got that. So uh, I took it one step further, Dan. What you're referring to with the video, I got. A Jason Part 2 bust. It's a head, and it looks amazing. It looks just like him when he jumped through the window right. at the end of Part 2. The hair and everything and the face and the mouth and all this stuff. So it looks great. And then I got a sack, like a sack head. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got I got that. What was and that, then, a potato sack? I don't know what it was. It just looks like a... It looks like who cares? It's a sack. It doesn't look like a pillowcase. No, it is interesting of what it is because it doesn't look like a pillowcase at all. Right. It's shaped definitely. It might it might be a modified pillowcase though. Right. Okay. I don't know. Gotcha. So yeah, it is a sack of some kind, but not a potato sack and not a pillowcase. Okay. Then uh, I got the overalls and his shirt and all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. That's been sitting in a box for a year. And now that I have a house and I have, like, extra rooms, I made a whole display showcase room. And I said, you know what this room needs? I got to put this Jason Part 2 thing up. Then I'm going to build a table. And then I'm going to put this whole thing on it. And then put the mom's head on it, like the shrine in Part 2, and put candles around it. So I got Jason's mom's head from Part 2. Somebody had that on sale on eBay. Uh, Jason came from eBay. Then uh, I had to get... a exact replica of her sweater the blue sweater and i had to get her black pants those were brand new and a lot of people don't even realize even though we mentioned it in the second skeleton crew episode that jason's mom's clothes are completely on that shrine her her sweater everybody knows that because you know Ginny put that on when she tricked them into thinking he was that she was her his mom yeah right but most people don't notice that mrs Voorhees's pants are there too Mm mm-hmm and that's weird. See, Michael J. kind of interrupted and messed up my whole thing when I was trying to get into that. But I let it go because I thought it was funny, so I didn't really go any further. But 
I, tr- I try to get into on that episode, we should discuss, like, so wait a minute. Mrs. Voorhees' head was cut off, and Jason took the head, and then he took her sweater off, and then took her pants off. Must have, yeah. Right? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why would you take the pants off? Yeah, that's creepy. Right? And like, and you would even think, we all take it for granted because it's so iconic that Ginny put the sweater on and it's awesome to have the blood stains around the collar and stuff like that. But even then, why does Jason have his mom's sweater? Like, picture the logistics of this. Of him, the head, okay, yeah, you could, there's nothing wrong, I guess, with him picking up her head and mm-hmm. looking at it and talking to it or whatever deranged people do. But the clothes is, is just weird, right? I look at it the same way, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't see it in the uh, in the last Psycho episode, but with Norman and his mother, how he dressed her. I mean, yeah, it's just... Um... Yeah, but her body isn't there. Like, are we to believe that her skeleton is underneath those clothes that are sitting on the shrine? Maybe. I don't think so. Uh, probably not, though, because, yeah, I think they would, they would probably, like, show that more prominently if that was the case. But it's probably just um, everything he could get from her to, to build the shrine around her. You know what I mean? And, dude, I was thinking about that the other day, too. I'm sorry. This is kind of off, off track. But can you imagine going into a place where it's, like, in the middle of the woods and you see something like that? I was recently um, on, on a little walk, like a little hike through, um, through B.B. Woods, and there's a there's there's a place locally where and it's nothing like a memorial it's just like a little little hut thing where people go and smoke weed and they got like a lot a lot of candles there and a bunch of different stuff like that but it looks so out of place dude it's so yeah. it's so out of place that makes it so creepy i was thinking about that the, that the other day where it's like can you imagine rolling up to that in the middle of the fucking woods in a shack and there's a straight shrine? Like, and that's what I think it is. Like, Dude. I think it's Jason's version of a shrine. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I highly doubt that they thought that much about it when they did it. They probably just said, well, oh, let's, yeah. let's do a shrine and, and put her clothes there. And it's like his memorial to her. But, like, we're getting into the psychology of Jason probably more than those people ever did at the time. Like, I'm just saying, like, so I'm just guessing at the if I were to – think what they're thinking probably hey everything he could get from his mother and i'm assuming if he could get the skeleton he probably would have but he probably just did i'm thinking that they just uh they really wanted to do the sweater bit so they just uh true only thought that far into good it, right? point that's a very good point yeah 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 i yeah exactly it's um yeah, dude, but going back to your uh, collection, though, so I was I was thinking about this the other day, and I know we talked about this, Alex, just to refresh my memory. So, first of all, you we've talked about this before and how in terms of Baghead versus the, uh, the mask and all that. Um, in the remake, I was watching that the other day. First of all, do they have a figure for the remake Baghead guy or no? Mm-hmm. They do? Do you have that one? Uh, no, because it's right. That's it's not really in the the universe of what i'm doing you know like i'm into i'm into 1981 oh, yeah oh no i exactly no i wasn't yeah I, totally but like so with that said though did, just remind i know this is kind of off track again sorry but um is uh do you like that part in the movie because we talked about that beginning being awesome but because i didn't know how much you loved that dude i didn't know how much you loved baghead like i remember you talked about it but for you to have a collection like this i'm just how awesome was that when that happened or did it did it not do anything for you or did you oh no it did i was so happy i mean i don't i don't love the look of that 
thing on him, but because mm-hmm. it sort of looks like just bandages wrapped up around his head. I, I'm sure it's not, but it looks that way to me sometimes when I look at it. Okay. But I'm just glad it was referenced in any way, shape, or form. And it wasn't it even referenced in Freddy vs. Jason when he... Didn't they put a bag on his head and then push him in the lake or something like that? Oh, they do. Oh, my God. Good call. I forgot all yeah. that, dude. Yeah. So I'm happy to see that because I hate that it, it, you know, one of the stigmas that come with Friday the 13th Part 2 and the reason a lot of people dismiss it is because it's not the Jason everyone knows and loves. So they just kind of gloss over that one because he isn't what he is yet. And, and I feel that. That movie gets highly underrated because of that, and people aren't seeing it for what it is because he's not, he doesn't look the way we all love how he looks. You know, we all love it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's fine, of course. But at the same time, I love both, and I, I love the roots of Jason. I love that we saw Jason before he was Jason. It's almost like saying, I, you know, I did, I did this before it was cool or whatever, you know? And... To me, it's like, wow, we're seeing the origin of this guy. I love his progression, though, from two to four. Like, I, I, like we've talked about this before, and I still, dude, I have still yet to, like, come to a definitive what's better, two or four. But, like, I love Ted White's version of Jason, and I think yeah. I think of that as the quintessential one. But also, like I said, too, I love part two as well. So, like, to see how he kind of um, developed, oh, just, just in that little storyline, forget... I guess I don't even want to say zombie Jason, but you know what I'm talking about. Just whatever after that. And uh, so I just look at it like, like you said, like, yeah, we're seeing like basically the origin story. Like, and, and if anything, if it, 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 how people think of him, I think of him like that. You know what I'm saying? Like two to four. I have watched part three and have such a deeper appreciation for it now. And I really enjoy that film now, like big time. Oh. Well, then you got to hear our show 103. Ah, uh, I haven't gotten there yet. Yes, I haven't. And, oh, that's what it is. Oh, that's, the, yeah, that's right. You did, uh, yes, I do remember. 103D, yep. Yeah, listen to that because I don't want to give anything away, but uh, it's, something coincides with what you just said. But, Sweet. yeah, like, I feel, yeah, t- Ted White is definitely the best human Jason as the Jason we know and love, definitely. But... Part two is it's almost encapsulated in its own little world. Exactly. It doesn't even sort of compete with the rest of them in that way. Well, and I, I just like the story of part four more with, with the setups and you know, like we talked about this on that part four show where you know he's got that moment between uh, between um, Tris and Tommy Jarvis and he's looking back and forth and and all that kind of stuff. Like I love those setups, but um, the way he acts in part two, like <laughs> he's not. It's I, I don't like. He's not a frightened retard. Like he's he's a little more than that. Yeah. He's he's a definitely more than that, man. And it's like I see what you're saying. It's like very underrated. And I just think oh, yeah. I just think about it though in terms of progression from from two to four. And and I love that little story of Jason. Now, yeah, he's a boy trapped in a man's body. That's what it is, dude. And I love it. <laughs> and, and I love that. Like it's so funny to think about. But like I'm I'm not writing off one by the way. But like by default, he's just not fucking in it. I'm sorry. That's just out of the question. Like we're not talking about that. Yeah, sorry, Ari. That's what it is, dude. I love that movie. Yeah, right. So, um, well, dude, wait, wait. Just to reiterate what you said, um, our old buddy Mahoney has put up a poll, and it has a ton of votes. So, just to keep current with how underrated Part Two is, this is sad, dude. This is really sad. Um, so he has a poll on uh, his group Friday Thirteenth. It's got a death curse. 
Mm-hmm. That's the name of his group. Okay. And he put a poll, and I'm telling you, this has over 100 votes, I think. And here's the order of what people like the most. You won't even believe your ears. Okay. Part one is the one everyone likes the most so far. Mm. I'm not knocking one, but I just think that's absurd because when you think of Friday the 13th, I mean, Jamie, you're a huge part one fan, as am I. I'm sure Dan is too. Yeah. Yeah. You still think of Jason, though, right? So wouldn't you, by default, almost... Like, when you think of what's better, Halloween one, uh, 2 or 3, you know, it's such a, a tug of war, but don't you always land on 2 because Michael's in it? Doesn't that same kind of thing go with Friday the 13th? I mean, as, I love Mrs. Voorhees, but don't you land on a Jason just because it's Jason in it? First of all, I feel like that's a hipster thing to say. It's it's a bunch of people trying to say cool, trying to be be cool and say, "Oh, I like the original." Like that that's that would be my first thought when a lot of people say that. I call bullshit. I say that can't be true. It's really for me, I'll bet it and I think it has a lot to do with um your personal relationship with these totally. films. I mean, Friday totally. the 13th, the original was the first one I saw. I saw it on, uh, I didn't actually see that one in the theater, but I saw it on HBO after it came out, like as soon as it came out. It was really, when it hit HBO, they played it a lot. And so, and then part two, I didn't see in the theater and I didn't see it on cable. Instead, the next thing I saw was part three when it came out in the theater, I went to go see it, which is exactly why part one and part three are so important to me Part two, I didn't see until way later. And mm. even though I do love part two, I, I totally uh, I totally uh, understand everyone's love for it. And since then, I've seen it a ton. Um, but f- that's, I think, why one and three really stick out so much for me personally is mm. because those are the first two that I was acquainted with. Mm. So I, I think that really has a lot to do with with why people choose what their favorites are. Um, because I never even consider the fact that, you know, in part two, he doesn't have his mask, so it's not Jason. I That doesn't bother me at all. Like, I, for a lot of the film, you don't even see him. So right. it, it doesn't even really matter to mm-hmm. me. And I love, the or- I love the origin of him. I love, um, I love seeing everything that happens in that film. But... And so it doesn't doesn't bother me at all that he's not wearing a mask. I don't care. I think mm-hmm. it just it falls so far down my list. And by so far, I mean it's number four. It's not like it's really far down my list <laughs> right, 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 in the right. big scheme of things. Because yeah, it talking, goes yeah. it goes for me one three or sometimes three one, but most most of the time it's one three four because Ted White is fucking amazing, mm. and I love that iteration of Jason, particularly since. I have been with Brian, who that is his favorite. I My appreciation for that one has grown because I never paid it that much attention before, but now I've seen it so many more times <laughs> because mm. it's his favorite that I, I never <laughs> thought about how angry he was and how right. vicious he was. I mean, the Ted White Jason is just flat out vicious, um, which now I absolutely love. So anyway, so then two comes right behind that. And it's not because I think there's anything wrong with two. It's just because the other ones are higher up for me personally. I mean, just and that's that's just my personal story. I'm sure there are people out there who are like, I don't like two because he's not wearing a mask. Well, those people are stupid. Yeah, <laughs> there are there, there's a there's a legion of those people. And, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they, that 
Right. Well, everybody in Mahoney's group there, I, I would assume that they're they're pretty hardcore fans too. So I'm not knocking the first movie. To me, that's surprising. Now, uh, like I said, on initial view, it's like uh, maybe that's just the cool thing to say. But then there are people like Jamie, so maybe that's a, a, a uh, compilation of a lot of diehard fans that really do like that film. And like I said, I'm not knocking it. I have, like I said, I love that first movie too. I, I still get that same feeling. I, you can't describe the feeling, but you know how when you watch certain movies and you can replicate a feeling by watching it. Yeah, oh, the atmosphere is beautiful and the music's beautiful, that movie. Yeah, well, especially, yeah, like I'll, I, I mentioned this on that first show, I believe, that when, when that lightning hits, uh, when, when Kevin Bacon's, I, I'll always be able to replicate that feeling. And, uh, and I, I love that movie, man. I really do. But I just I just figured somebody would say different things. And uh, by the way, Mahoney, Mahoney's from Dorchester. Mahoney, if you're listening, what's the name of that bowling alley in Dorchester? I used to go there all the time. Uh-huh. Let me know. <laughs> all right. Sorry. But you know what? I, go, going back to Jamie's perspective, it probably paints my exact thing. Uh, part two was the only Jason movie I owned growing up. Yep. I, I did not own any. First, my dad used to copy, used to go to the video store and have two VCRs connected and copy tapes and stuff like that. For some reason, the only one we had, he didn't do it with part one. He didn't do it with three, four, five, whatever. All we had was Friday the 13th Part 2 for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was a kid, I was always wondering, like, wow, it's so weird. Why? How come the only Jason movie I own is the one where he doesn't look like he doesn't have the hockey mask? And I thought it was funny, but you know what? As a kid, I still thought it was so great. Right. And that ending scene, like, looking at him, I remember I used to pause my VCR tape when I was, like, 12 years old and just, like, stare at it. I was like, wow, it's Jason's face. And I remember the other thing that always, always struck me when I was a kid. I always said... Is this the movie where they show his face? And then as I grew up and I got into these more, I was like, they show his face in every goddamn movie. (laughs) I don't think there's a movie where you don't see his face. Like, even in part six, it's sort of in the dark, but you see it. In part five, the fake guy, you see Lou Ferrigno's face at the end. In part four, you see his face. In three, you see his face. Lou Ferrigno. Still funny. (laughs) Yeah, you see it in every single one of them, I think. So, except for part nine, do we ever see it in Jason Goes to Hell? Um... I don't even know because I've seen it like four times. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, I don't know because the the isn't the mask kind of like mushed Fused. into his face at that. Yeah. That? Yeah, I don't think he could get it off. Uh, in the in, in, hey, we even see it in the first one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you do. And then you see it in Jason X, and then you see it in Freddy vs. Jason, I believe. Wait, do you or no? Maybe not. I, I know what it looks like because I've seen pictures of him unmasked, but I don't think it was officially in the movie. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you saw it come off in part nine. Um, he, yeah, before he exploded like uh, like Kane's career, he's like, I'll see, he's like, I'll get, I'll get you next time. I'll see you in Hatchet. Uh, well, I think I think he was actually prying it off with a screwdriver, and then the movie ran out of time, so I don't <laughs> think they got to see him unmasked and Jason goes to hell. And believe it or not, two people. Two people voted for Jason Goes to Hell, by the way. But here, let me just get through the rest of this. So, Those are just people who are on crack. That's, Those that's are fucking happened. trolls, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> and and uh, check this out. So, you're not even going to believe this. And this is something that just, this does not surprise me because I used to run a Friday 13th website called Crystal Lake After Dark. I remember that. Yeah, I swear to God, this was, this is real. This is not a joke. The favorite movie besides the original is... Jason Lit. No. Can you imagine? It seems to me that I think Jamie is 
spot on. Because uh, I know Jared Fair also feels this way, I think. Um, I believe these two guys must have just grown up on this movie. There's no explanation for that, right? Because, I mean, there's no way they could truly believe that that's better. There's no justification no. for love, that. I, I do personally love part six, but it's not my right. favorite. Not even... I mean, it's definitely in the top half uh, of mm. my favorites. Right. But I, it's not because it's so incredibly good either. Again, that one is also a personal thing for me because I went to high school with one of the campers that's in that yep. movie. I remember that. Um, it was filmed in Georgia. Uh, it So there are lots of... Uh, it just has a lot of personal meaning. Oh, did you ever go to the lo- location or anything? No, I didn't. And I should have. That was that was moron- ah. that was moronic of me not to do. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I think it's where we're going with this. I think it's wherever we all grew up on. And I'm interested yeah. now yeah. Dan, yours is Dan, yours is 4, I guess, right? So is this right? Yeah, four and two's right there, man. And like I said, I'll, I got to be honest with you, three has taken a big jump. I just love that yeah. that that those movies, dude. And and I'll be honest with you guys, like I said, um, I kind of I remember saying this way back in the day. I'll just uh, say it again, though. I was lucky where I I remember seeing part eight a lot, like on TV, because I'm I'm 32 years old now. So oh, you are lucky. Well, I, I remember I remember seeing that and, <laughs> and, and but like it was I watched them but like didn't real I wasn't that into it at that point. Or I guess I was, but I just you know what I'm saying. I it never Yeah, you didn't get like you are now. Totally. But then I had um I had good friends, dude. I had good people just show, like take me like okay, here's part one and we just watched them all. Uh you know oh, good. got them from Blockbuster Man one through four and then five and then we would just laugh as the series went on and I, I just I loved it, man. We it was like a thing for me. Like that was my thing back in the day. It was like I want to say it was like maybe middle school or so, um, or maybe even before that, maybe sixth grade, fifth grade, or whatever. Um, and it was about the same time that I saw Scream. So, like I said, man, I I kind of have like a I don't want to call it refined, but I'm so lucky because I had good people come into my life and show me these movies. And uh, I even remember seeing like movies like um, is it is it uh, Shocker by Wes Craven? Was that it? Yeah, I that sound so. right. Um, I remember even seeing that, and and I'll be honest with you, I, I I don't think the movie's that great nowadays, but I still remember that. And uh, like you said, it's all it's all predicated upon when you saw these movies when you're growing up, dude. Seeing horror through a child's fucking eyes is oh, there's nothing like. Dude, that. I'm sorry. Like, if you can replicate that, like at, at all, like more power to you. And with these movies, it's it's kind of easy for me to do. Like something in my brain clicks, and I can go right back there. So I don't care, man. It's it's so funny how many times uh, our conversations revert back to Friday the 13th. I guess it was inevitable when we were talking about... Well, this time it's not our fault. It's because of my display. Exactly. Yeah, it's, but, well, that's what I'm saying, though, dude. But yeah, like, that's what I mean, though. Like, um, I, dude, that's great, dude. That's All those figures are so awesome, dude. And like I said, mine's my favorite's four, but right next to that is number two, man. And I, I, I love that movie. So yeah, that shit's so badass. Well, just so you can get perspective of... Uh, so the order here from best to worst real quick i know we somehow melded his poll with the display uh thing but that's cool i think it's a cool thing to talk about anyway um it's the original jason lives coming in third is part three Hmm. coming in fourth is part four the final chapter and coming in fifth is part two Oh, by the way, I, I have to mention this because I'm uh, uh, I'm thinking about it. 
I want you guys to watch Pet. It's unbelievable. Uh, dude from Lost, Dominic Monaghan, I believe his name is. Um, uh, kind of low budget, um, really good, really well done. So if, you, if anybody gets a chance to see Pet, uh, I strongly urge you to do so. Um, but yeah, Alex, back to your thing though. Um, so this is why I, I appreciate this so much though, people that collect all this stuff. Um, but I love the fact that you love part two and that you collect Baghead Jason. Like, I love that yeah. look at him. It's like, and, and you could call it the underdog of sorts, I guess, because he's so, he's so iconic because of the mask. But like, I love that shit, dude. And, and I gotta say, like, I gotta appreciate even the, well, maybe not the assholes that like part nine, but people that like those other entries like and and collect you know i'm sure there's a guy out there that loves part seven and collects everything uh, every figure well see that i could see because he looks so amazing i don't even see think- that's what i mean right exactly but but like for me dude i love that dedication regardless like even if it's a shit movie or whatever like wow you gotta you gotta marvel at that like wow that's some that's some dedication you just happen to in my opinion like the cooler version <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, 2 is cooler than 7, obviously, because it's actually a good movie. But I could definitely see, you know, Jason is an iconic guy, and the zombie version of him is pretty big in people's lives. So if you're going to collect anything from Jason as a zombie, you better be collecting Part 7, man. Right. That is some badass-looking shit. Exactly, man. Yep. You better be doing it. Even I did that, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Anytime there was something from Jason Part 7, I probably picked it up. You know, I, I I obviously went out of my way to do this Part 2 thing, but no. Like, oh, for example, some of the new stuff I picked up for that display, too. I got the Jason Part uh, Friday 13th Part 2 soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, I saw that. That's so badass, bro. That That's that new exclusive one where the record's like two different colors, sort of like the Return of the Living Dead record. And I paid $61 for it, dude. Like, and it was originally 20, I heard. I don't even know. Well, yeah, I think that's badass, though, dude. But, yeah. yeah. When do you listen to that, though? Does that ever, like, we're talking about collections and people walking in, and they can appreciate that on that level. But what happens when you walk in and it's going, Well, that, you see, it's funny you say that. I actually, this this will be cool to people, I think, because I always feel like if I think of something that everybody probably thinks the same way. What I, I think that the reason people don't listen to Friday 13th soundtracks very much is because it's kind of annoying. Because I... Like, who really wants to sit there and listen to that? I mean, it's only probably good in the movie itself. Now, what people maybe... When they think of it that way, they think of it in a broad stroke and they think of that annoying part of it. But there are a lot of subtle tracks and subtle oh. moments even amongst that then it goes like quiet you know all that kind of stuff so what i did was i took the entire soundtrack of part one two three four six and seven because i can't find and if anybody who listens to this show if you could get me the soundtrack for friday the 13th part five and eight please do somehow contact me uh, Alex at theskeletoncrewshow.com. That's my email. And please get those to me because I, I would like those. But amongst all the other ones, I cut out all of that really overwhelming da 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 and I just kept all the cool subtle music. Oh, did, oh really? Oh, wow. You, oh, shit. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play that underneath us talking about all this Friday 13th stuff so people actually hear it. And uh, 
see what I did. And I'm telling you, dude, that is listenable. I see what you're saying, man. There's a lot of great music in there. And, and dude, I'm sorry, but like, I think people don't give enough credit to the music in those movies, making right. them what they are. I think it's, it's, I don't want to say mainly, but that, that creates the atmosphere. And that's oh, what I remember about those movies, man, is the atmosphere, uh, the, you know, right before the kills. And, and that's what's great. I was thinking about this, though. So they make Friday the 13th finals. Do they do the same thing for Halloween? Well, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, okay. if not, then Jason, uh, Jason, uh, John Carpenter did his own uh, soundtrack right. album. Thing. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly going in that direction. I was just thinking to myself, I wonder if somewhere, somehow, there's a vinyl of uh, part five where we can hear that cop music. That's what. Oh, I, oh no, dude, they did not add that. That's not a. I want to know. No. Some somebody. Can you me imagine? Know. Can you imagine having a record going of a horror <laughs> soundtrack, and all of a sudden you hear, boing, <laughs> boom, <laughs> boom, <laughs> ba, ba, boom. I just, I'm just curious. It's got to be out there. <laughs> it makes you not want to be a fan of this. Stuff. Yeah, it's a, kind of embarrassing. Now that we're uh, so thanks, Dan. I'm glad you love the display. I'll I'll post more pictures as it develops. I added posters, I added pictures of me and everybody from part two, and I cropped us out and put the background of the part two movie in it, so it looks like we're in the movie together. Yes. And guys, I really do want to apologize. I know we did a lot of Friday the 13th talk in the last three shows, it seems. I mean, they were, we definitely peppered them with other stuff, so they were definitely variety filled. You got Creature from the Black Lagoon, you got Invisible Man. You got a lot of Bates Motel, which we're going to go back to again on the next show. Or maybe the one after that. I don't know. We're so backed up. It just happened that way. I swear we didn't plan this. For some reason, we did want to talk about that video game that's coming out. This show just revolved around it because I met Kane Hodder and CJ Graham and Ted White and, you know, things like that. That just happened. And I did post new videos of the Friday the 13th Part 2 display I'm doing in my showcase room. So it all just sort of happened at once. Hope you guys uh, found it interesting if you hung in there. Uh, We don't want you to roll your eyes every time we start a new conversation and that pops up. We definitely are going to try to not even say those words on uh, future shows. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to hope and pray, but I don't know. But we'll see. We don't want the farewell tour to be a Friday the 13th fest, but it will happen again, I'm sure, because I'm sure we want to interview some more people from there. Uh, I don't think we're going to review any of the movies in depth like we redid the part three and part four review or anything like that. So I, I don't think you should fear that or anything. We might actually do a Jason Goes to Hell review because remember how on show number nine, I totally just said we're not doing that. This is ridiculous. Everybody hates it. And none of the three of us wanted to talk about it. So it was pretty um, unanimous. We might do that before we wrap things up, just to kind of have closure on that missing show from 2012. So that would be kind of nostalgic. So guys, thanks for listening. CJ Graham, thanks so much for coming on, dude. You are the man. For Dan and Jamie, this is Alex. Vaya con Dios.